Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Well, hello and welcome to episode 103 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. Michaela, you made it back from your cruise safe and sound with lots of good drink ideas for all of us. Uh, Hopefully some tropical ones because I'm going to need that. It cooled off like... I don't know. It, the temperature went down like 50 degrees yeah. overnight last night. I hate it. Um, I need something tropical in my life. So hopefully you brought something good back. You brought back some sunshine, maybe. You brought back your your sunny personality. So I guess that that, <laughs> yeah. that is nice, I guess. so. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, I promise all the drinks that I have picked uh, for the next couple of weeks uh, have nothing to do with coconut. So you're welcome. Oh, good. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. That's right. I, I would send you back out to see if you would have brought me more coconut drinks after that debacle that was the Terminator 2 coconut. But uh, we're we're done talking about that because this week we were talking about something uh, that is fall flavored. It is classic. Um, it, it's a riff on a classic. You told me you were drinking like a boatload of these on the boat you were just on uh, the French 75. We're doing a riff on that, which is really fun. And we're going to be talking about one of the one of the best, one of the all time great sports movies uh, that's out there. That is Rudy. But, you know, before we get into that i wanted to you know take a quick moment to, to let everyone know we went and saw wakanda forever uh this week it's our first ever patreon uh exclusive episode so if you want to uh, find out what we thought about wakanda forever and get a bonus cocktail for that one you can do that on our patreon it's patreon.com slash drink the movies uh yeah and hopefully you go check that out and uh join us there if you feel so inclined but you know michaela the leaves have changed my leaves have all fallen because it's cold now but leaves are changing Kids are back in school. Universities are uh, full-blown educational mode. Uh, but yeah. more importantly, college football is here. Everyone loves it. The season is winding down, but our season is just getting uh, fired up. So why don't we take a quick break, and we will be right back to mix up that riff on the French 75, the Irish 75, and talk about this week's cocktail. So this week, we're mixing up a variant of the French uh, 75 uh, with the Irish 75, which is kind of fun, exciting for any of you Irish fans, the Fighting Irish. Uh, And this cocktail is, I think, a perfect fall day in South Bend kind of cocktail. It it really, you're going to have this and you're going to have a bouquet of sharpened pencils to give to your loved one because school is in session. It's, you know, the leaves are changing or falling. It's really just a gorgeous kind of take you can make it more fallish if you want by all the ingredients that we're going to talk about um <laughs> brian you're you're laughing yeah. at me <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i'm telling I, you this is like you, the perfect fall drink because i feel like with the french 75 you have you know some champagne in there you got some sparkle it's a little bit more upscale the irish 75 is like a down homey version it gets the job done but you can really fall it up and make it very autumny you can make it very automated. Yeah, I, you lost me with a bouquet of sharpened pencils, I, I have to admit. But yeah, this is perfect for a fall day. Um, it is a really good cocktail. Uh, French 75, that is too pretentious. You don't want to have one of those when you're watching college football. Uh, you want something that has some Jameson in it, uh, You know, something with some cider in it, something to hit all those uh, fall notes as you're cheering on your team to victory. So uh, we got this recipe. It comes from HerLoyalSons.com, which I think was a podcast. It looked like they might have already done their last last episode, but you know, we'll make sure to put a link to uh, their show description um, in our uh, show description. So follow that and check it out. But this comes together super easy, Michaela. It's probably stuff that you already have or might already have or 
Uh, if you don't already have it, you should have it because uh, it's football season. Let's put one of these together. So into a shaker tin, throw two ounces of your favorite Irish whiskey in there. Uh, like I said, mine was Jameson. Yours should also be Jameson. Tullamore is acceptable, uh, but you know, uh, use whatever you want. So two ounces of that, a half ounce of lemon juice, shake that up with some ice and strain it into a champagne flute. It's going to look very nice. And then you're going to top that with your favorite cider. Um, I like a drier cider. I used Strongbow, which was what they used in the uh, recipe on the website. That is a really nice uh, cider from the UK. Um, certainly there's, you know, 10,000 ciders now at the grocery store you go in. And there's ciders from all around the US, from the UK, Australia, you know, everywhere mm -hmm. uh, has some ciders. So whatever cider you want to use. And that's really where you can kind of, you know, change the tune of this one a little bit, yeah. which is what I think you did, Michaela, yeah. on yours, because you were, you were just just got back from your trip so we didn't get to make this one together we had to make it on our own so uh what what'd you use then for yours so for the original i went ahead and used magners because it's that's an irish cider mm -hmm. and i was really mm -hmm. trying to go with the irish theme however um i switched it up because i only had one uh left and so i added i uh, did some added pumpkin cider to this and that really made it uh, a lot more folly what I recommend, though, is if you're going to do that and you're going to get something that's sweeter, you might want to double the amount of lemon or put another half mm. ounce or sorry, quarter ounce. Um, so rather than use half an ounce of lemon, you could use three quarters of an ounce of lemon just to give it a little bit more acidity because you're going to want to balance it out um, and not have that get lost. Because I felt that when I did it and I kept the lemon the way it was, it really just kind of got lost in the drink. Um, mm -hmm. And you want to keep that to add another profile of flavor. Yeah, definitely. That's a that's a really good point. Um, we you know we'd mentioned kind of the uh, similarities with the French seventy five and kind of that drink gets pulled off because it's super bone dry, right? Because that one is gin and champagne, uh, which is dry. So if you use a nice you know English cider, your Irish cider, um, you know, or some of like the smaller, more artisanal ciders here in the U.S., those are going to be like a drier style of cider. But if you're using something like like a woodchuck or an angry orchard, those are going to be pretty sweet. So yeah, you definitely want to give maybe a little bit of an extra, you know, squeeze that lemon extra hard when you're putting it in yeah. there. You know, just get a little bit, a little bit more lemon juice on there. But um, I made this for myself. Last night, Michaela, I was drinking it and I said to myself, self, this is really delicious. Um, these flavors are flavors I like. Uh, Jameson, of course, I uh, love that. Uh, one of my favorites, one of my go-tos. I really like dry cider. Um, you know, another one of my favorite just drinks, but I, I don't know something about this drink. I was drinking it last night. I'm like, this is delicious, but I don't know that I would ever make this again. <laughs> Yeah, really? I thought I thought this would be right up your alley because you do love all of these things. Putting it together, I thought was really I know. good. Um, I know it, it was, and it was delicious. And I was sitting there enjoying myself drinking it. And I just thought, when am I ever going to feel inclined to mix some Jameson and lemon juice and apple cider together again? I don't know, but I'm I'm glad that I did because it was super good. Maybe maybe I will prove myself wrong. I don't know, but maybe. but that was that was my takeaway on it. Uh, what what did you think? What about about the the regular dry and then your pumpkin? Uh, yeah. One. You're, so the pumpkin one was pumpkin, good. Pumpkin all the time. For yeah, you. yeah. I, I am a basic, a basic woman. Um, yeah. So I liked the pumpkin one. I will say I went right back to the uh, regular cider. We ended up having something. Um, gosh, I don't even remember what it was because I was out of Bulmers, but we had another can that I, I used a regular cider. The key is really the sweetness for me. You've got to use a dry cider um, for this one or else it risks getting too syrupy. Um, I think this is one of my new fall favorites because mm. it's, I'm not really good at doing like a random Tuesday night whiskey drink. Usually I'm a gin or vodka person. 
Um, that's usually a go-to spirit of mine. So I really liked this one and I definitely will be doing it next fall um, or anytime the Irish are playing and I want to cheer on the Irish, which doesn't happen very often because I didn't go to Notre Dame. So um, yeah, that's that's true. You're from Texas. You're not allowed to cheer from for uh, for Notre Dame for sure. So, um, yeah, this I guess this would make a really good um, kind of like a like a dinner cocktail. You know, this time of year, you know, Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas season, you're having a, a get together. Uh, maybe like a French seventy five is uh, like I said, a little bit too dry. Maybe it's not as uh, widespread on the uh, crowd appeal. Uh, try something like this. I think that uh, you'll really like it, and you should definitely definitely give it a try. Uh, like we said, uh, both really tops on that. But Michaela, for now, I think we better take our Irish whiskey, we better take our cider, and we better head into the locker room because it is about time to take the field for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and talk about this week's movie, Rudy. We'll be right back. Spoiler warning for Rudy. If you've not yet seen Rudy and you don't want to know how it ends, you should press pause right now. Go fix yourself up a Irish 75, drink that, have another one because it's delicious. Go watch Rudy and then come back and we can chat about it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, even if you haven't seen the movie, Rudy, you still might know the way that it ends because uh, Rudy Rudiger is kind of a hero um, in the sense of American heroes for sure. So this movie came out in 1993. It was directed by David Anspaugh, who also directed another sports great, Hoosiers. And it stars Sean Astin as our title character, Rudy, a very, very fresh faced John Favreau as Rudy's friend slash tutor slash desperate to find a girl, uh, D-Bob. Um, it also stars Ned Beatty as Rudy's father and Charles S. Dutton as the groundskeeper turned mentor, uh, Fortune. So, Michaela, we're talking about Rudy. Uh, we're talking about football. We're talking about the Fighting Irish, which is one of the all-time great sports programs in the United States. Uh, but what about sports movies in general? Um, what are you know when you think about y your really great sports movies? You know, I think of I think of Hoosiers. Um, I think of yeah. uh, you know Rocky, of course, uh, Bull Durham. Uh, Field of Dreams. Uh, those those are the the movies that everyone thinks of when they think about you know kind of the best sports movies. Um, but those movies are almost like sports as a periphery. They're more coming of age stories and more like self enlightenment stories. And that I think is what Rudy is because if you're watching the movie Rudy, you're like, this is about a kid who's playing football. Very little football in this one, <laughs> right? No, I think I think that's one of the reasons why people like sports films so much in general is because no matter what the sport is, I mean, think about it. Blindside won a bunch of Oscars. It It's very little to do with really the act of American football. Um, like you've said before, Bull Durham, Field of Dreams, uh, even, even things like the Mighty Ducks or Slapshot, very little of it actually has to do with the technical merits of the sport that they're talking about. It mm -hmm. is more about the introspection of how sports and life kind of follow these interesting cycles, how you have team members in life and you have team members on a field or on a, in a ring or whatever. And I think that's one of the reasons why people like sports uh, films so much. I definitely prefer sports films to most sports in general. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I do think, I do find it interesting that there's so many ways to communicate, communicate and connect with people via sports films. Um, whenever I am meeting someone uh, and I want to get to know them, I ask them what their favorite movie is. And usually they say, I don't know, but they always have a favorite sports film 100% of the time. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, all of the best of uh, sports films, for sure, are based on true stories, uh, or at least have taken some strings from truth. Like I mentioned, uh, you know, Rocky, uh, you know, Raging Bull, all of, all of those uh, draw on some real life comparisons. And this one is based on a true story. So let's get into the story a little bit, Michaela. So this one starts out, we are following Daniel Eugene Rudy Rudiger. Uh, Rudy had like 14 uh, like brothers and sisters, I think. <laughs> right. He was the only one who got nicknamed Rudy out of all of them that were named Rudiger. Uh, I digress, I digress. But we are, we're catching up with him. He is a young lad. He is in Joliet, Illinois, which is right on, uh, very close to the Illinois-Indiana border. Uh, it's about 90 minutes or so away from South Bend, uh, Indiana. And if you are growing up in that part of the world, there's a very good chance that you're going to be a fan of Notre Dame fighting Irish football. You're going to watch it every Saturday uh, with your dad, with your whole family. It is a way of life there, Michaela. It is a way of life there, whether you are going to that school or not. Um, it, it's it's interesting because I, I d- identify more with that with other uh, other sports than football because it's a college sport. So you would think that you, you know, you'd only be a sport fanatic for one that you went to school with, but that is not the way it is at all. <laughs> it's very much ingrained into, um, and especially for Notre Dame, I find it really interesting because even in Texas, we have the Aggies and we have um, the Longhorns. Uh, those are kind of really two prolific teams in Texas. And you only really are going to be fans of them if you went or you wanted to go to that school. It's not, it's very, I don't know. It just seems really much more intrinsic into the culture of that area uh, of Illinois, where whether you can go to school there, went to school there, couldn't go there, you know, nobody in your family ever went there. You're still showing up on uh, the TV and, you know, with your family watching a game. Um, even to this day, which is so neat. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in central Ohio and there's uh, two things that are true about people uh, that are from Ohio. Their favorite thing in the whole world is Ohio State football and their favorite team in the whole world is Ohio State football. And that is the same for people um, in, in Michigan with the with Wolverines and uh, Indiana, obviously, Notre Dame. Uh, that part of the country takes their college sports very seriously. And we're getting a good glimpse into that. Like I said, we're seeing young Rudy there playing some pickup football there, you know, talking about his dreams to one day play for uh, Notre Dame. You get kind of this nice snapshot of Rudy going through like Newt Rockney's like halftime speech, uh, very passion he jumps up there he's you know hanging out with his friend in his bedroom going through that whole thing and yeah you just you get the hint that you know this is this kid's lifelong dream he wants to go play for Notre Dame playing high school football even there at his last practice you know still uh not giving up um I really like and kind of resonates that kind of last scene on his last day of senior practice when the coach is like you know this is the last time you know, you're uh, any of you are ever going to play football again. Uh, sorry about that, guys. But uh, but, you know, Rudy still has it in his heart. He's no, he's not going to give up on this dream. He is going to go and one day play for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. But, you know, things don't always go as planned. Sometimes graduate high school, you are industrial uh, manufacturing part of Illinois, you're going to go work at the, I don't even know what it was, the iron smelt with your dad and like a 100 of your brothers. Uh, but your best friend works there. So I guess that's good. Yeah. And what a best friend is. I think his best friend is named Pete and Pete really understands um, Rudy's love for Notre Dame. He actually saves up some money and he finds like a secondhand um, letterman's jacket, which I don't even know. I don't I, I'm today. Those things would get burned before you'd sell them. Right. But uh, Pete scrounges up his, you know, some money and he 
gives it to Rudy for his, uh, I think his 21st or 22nd birthday. And mm-hmm. Rudy is just so overwhelmed with that. It just shows how much Pete is like, oh, you're going to get there. Um, you're going to save up some money. It's going to be fine. You know, you, you, we're, we're going to figure it out. And, uh, it's really cool. Cause he's the only one in the entire world that at this point who believes in Rudy in the way that Rudy believes in Rudy, his family, um, has, you know, pretty much told him, Hey, that's not, that that's just not going to happen. His father's said, you know, that dream is not, it's everybody's dream, but this is reality. His brother's kind of a, his older brother's a jerk about it, teases him about it. Um, the girl that he's been with forever is like, look, I just want to get married. I found us a one bedroom shack. Let's like, let's buy this place and have a bunch of kids. Like what, why mm-hmm. are you still thinking about this? Time has moved on and you need, you're not going to go to school there. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Rudy for stays sure. with it. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, it, it draws a lot of the same kind of parallels to like Goodwill hunting and kind of that, you know, community there. Right. Um, we talked about, you know, a couple weeks ago. So, it, you know, when you're, when you're from towns like these, you know, about as, as good as you can ever expect is, you know, to marry, you know, to, to get out, get married, to get a house and to get a job at whatever the, the local uh, industry is there. You follow kind of your, your father's footsteps. You know, if your father was a policeman, then you're going to be a policeman. If your father was, you know, uh, an accountant, you would go and be an accountant, you know, you would do whatever the family did and the family um in this instance worked at this uh steel mill kind of thing and you know his dad even kind of lays out his future for him he says you know uh one of the guys at the other plant is getting promoted so your older brother is going to take his job and then you can take uh your brother's job and rudy's like that's not what i want for myself i want to go to notre dame uh but there's there's some trouble there michaela um those who don't know notre dame it's a really good school, really good school. You have to be pretty smart to just, you know, to just go to Notre Dame. You, you can't yeah. just coast by and, and get into Notre Dame. And Rudy, not not the best student, as we find not out. Not the best. Um, on an organized bus trip to go to South Bend, Indiana, to do a little tour of Notre Dame, uh, gets pulled right off of the bus. You know, his, t- uh, his teacher uh, at this Catholic school he's going to pulls him off and is like, Rudy, listen, and I actually thought he was pretty nice about it, you know, for you know, being back in the 60s or whatever. But uh, he's like, he's like, Rudy, listen, some of us just aren't cut out to do things like go to Notre Dame. And that's you. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I mean, who is it going to hurt if he goes? I mean, uh, anyway, that broke my heart a little bit because all he wanted to do was see it. And he's uh, and the guy's like, this isn't a tourist bus. Like you're going to go. You're never going to get in. So what's the point? Um, but, you know. Pete believes in him and Pete is his number one fan of this dream um, until unfortunately Pete's killed in a mill explosion and mm-hmm. it really upsets uh, Rudy, obviously, I mean, as it would. Um, but Rudy kind of has this moment of clarity after Pete's death um, and he leaves in the middle of the night. He leaves his girl. He leaves his family. Uh, his girl's like, I'm not waiting for you. And he's like, that's cool. <laughs> he doesn't seem real bothered by that because he knows he's got uh, to get on a bus and he, he's got to go to South Bend and he's got to talk to somebody about how to make his dream happen, um, which is actually really amazing. I think that is one of the coolest things about this film um, and the shot. It, you know, it's not cinemagraphically like amazing, but I love this part because he um, you know, he's pretty young, but he's like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I've got, I'm going to go talk to someone. I got to figure it out. So he like knocks on the door at the school, the, the, 
security guards like what are you doing admissions isn't open for three hours and he's like well i gotta talk to somebody i gotta talk to somebody about getting into school like i gotta figure out how i'm gonna how am i gonna do this and you know he ends up meeting this really um cool uh priest because of course priests are supposed to be open and and up anytime for their for their folks uh, Father John Cavanaugh, played by the amazing Robert Prosky. Love this character actor so, so much. And then the scene where, you know, he's, uh, Rudy's trying to talk to him and say, I'm really ready to make this change. I really, I, whatever I have to do. And of course, Father Cavanaugh is like, you want to join the priesthood? Like, and Rudy's <laughs> like, no, I want to play Notre Dame. <laughs> and it's, it's a pretty funny exchange. Yeah, I love it. They're uh, they're sitting there, and he's like, "I just came from my my you know best friend's funeral," and you know, <laughs> the priest is like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that makes that makes sense." You know, a lot of it, but yeah, he's like, he just wants to go to Notre Dame. So uh, the priest here is gonna gonna be helpful. He's like, he's like, he's like, I don't know anything about you, kid, but I know that you probably aren't going to be getting into Notre Dame right now. So uh, what I can do though is I can I can pull some favors. I can get you into uh, the community college uh, here in town, and maybe you go there uh, for a semester. And if you do good enough, then uh, they'll keep you on for another semester. And, you know, then if you do good enough for long enough, maybe you can get into Notre Dame. So Rudy says, that sounds like a great idea. So that's what he's going to go do. He's going to enroll, start taking some classes. He meets his friend D-Bob, who is played um, by John Favreau, uh, you know, very, very young, very baby-faced John Favreau. Um, and he's going to kind of agree to take Rudy on as his tutor. Um, I kind of like their uh, kind of like initial, like friendship, I guess, you know, D-Bob says, I will tutor you, uh, but I'm not very good with the ladies. You seem like uh, you're a pretty charming guy. Ladies seem to be drawn to you. I don't know uh, what it is about Sean Astin. Uh, girl, girls are girls are into him, but D-Bob says, you know, kind of quid pro quo. I will help you get smart. You help me with the girls. And then you get kind of this funny montage of, you know, Rudy just trying to play wingman for, for D-Bob. It's pretty good. But D-Bob is important for the life and the trajectory of Rudy because D-Bob says you're kind of smart. I don't really understand why you're not getting all this. Maybe something more is afoot here. And this is definitely something that wouldn't have gone diagnosed in the 1960s, 1970s, and maybe not even today. But turns out our our good friend Rudy here was dyslexic. And that is playing a big part in why I wasn't able to do so good in school. Yeah. Uh, if you can't read, um, that is really hard. <laughs> it's hard to do anything like read books and talk about their meanings and, um, you know, read math and do math equations. If the numbers or the letters don't look right to you, uh, it's very hard to do that. It's amazing uh, when people get help for those uh, learning difficulties, how their minds are just as brilliant as anybody else's. So that that is really neat. Um, I love that montage that you were talking about because, um, you know, it's not like Rudy is doing anything special. He's talking to women and being quiet and listening to them. And they're just, they're fawning over him. Like he is like Elvis Presley or something. And then he'll point to, he'll point to D-Bob and D-Bob, he, he refuses to say a word to them. He gets so tongue tied and so nervous. Um, and, and so it's really funny. One girl does come up to them and is talking to D-Bob and, it looks like she's really legitimately asking D-Bob to a dance and he will not say anything to her. He won't answer her. He won't look at her in the face. Rudy's doing all the talking. And um, it turns out to be a really great thing for D-Bob because uh, that girl ends up being a, kind of a, a long-term relationship, at least. I don't know if they get married or what, but, but it all works out and uh, it's a great friendship 
um, for Rudy, which is really cool because he doesn't have a lot of people that believe in him when he shows up. Uh, he's trying to get a job because he saved all his money for uh, tuition and the tuition is for Holy Cross. It's it's not for Notre Dame, but he loves everything Notre Dame. He tries to get into the booster club and help like put on their helmets. And this, you know, is really to me, one of my favorite scenes uh, from kind of a cinemagraphic standpoint is he's in the locker room and he's there. The camera's following him through all of the kind of stations as mm-hmm. he is being this booster. And so uh, back in the day, right, you would legitimately paint the helmets every game because the helmets would get scuffed and they'd get gross. And, um, you know, you'd clean them and you'd spray paint them with uh, gold paint because you needed to be green and gold. And he's like helping and they're in all of the stations where you see them suiting up, you see kind of the locker area, you see the showers, you see um, people sewing on numbers on the back because these mm-hmm. the uniforms are just babied and cared for so so much um, by the boosters. It was really a really cool scene, but he, Rudy's doing everything he can, including going and um, working for almost free at <laughs> as a groundskeeper under uh, under Mister Fortune. That's right. Yeah, he offers to go and work for free. Um, you know, the character Fortune, if you read kind of any of the backstories, kind of an amalgamation of a couple people that that the actual um, Rudy Rudiger uh, knew at his time here. But, you know, this groundskeeper Fortune, you know, he takes him on. He's like, well, I'm not <laughs> minimum wage kid. I I know you need some money, so I'm not going to work for free. But, you know, Rudy is one of those those guys. He's just going to keep pestering you until, you know, he's able to achieve the things that he wants to achieve. And, you know, Fortune ends up being a really good kind of mentor, um, role model for for Rudy really kind of you know takes him under his wing uh gives him you know good advice when he needs it gives him a place to stay when he needs it as you mentioned Michaela he doesn't have any any money he used all of his money for you know kind of his tuition um so he didn't have any money left over for you know an apartment room and board anything like that so um he's trying to like break in to the uh, kind of the groundskeepers like office things to to sleep there but you know a fortune kind of sees him unlocking the window and leaves out a blanket and a key so he doesn't have to sneak in through the window you know it's one of those one of those unspoken things but you know fortune really can kind of admire uh rudy his tenacity his work ethic and you know just trying to help the help the kid get ahead uh, but unfortunately like we'd we'd mentioned michaela getting into notre dame is tough so you get kind of this montage of rudy you know studying and you know <laughs> helping d bob uh, meet girls uh, going to work for uh, Fortune, they're doing the groundskeeping, you know, doing this booster stuff. You get still working out, you know, because the ultimate dream is to play for uh, Notre Dame. And you get some really kind of neat visuals of him running around the stadium and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, hard to get into. And it, each of these uh, little scenes is, you know, kind of cut with him getting a rejection letter from Notre Dame as each of these you know, kind of semesters are going by and we finally get to his junior year and he has one kind of last shot. If he doesn't get in his junior year, he's not going to be able to walk onto the team. Notre Dame doesn't take walk-ons to the football team uh, in your senior year. So he needs to be in there by a junior. um, And thankfully you get a a really gorgeous scene. He takes his last kind of uh, letter out and sets in front of this pond. You can see the campus of Notre Dame and behind this pond, he's kind of looking at it, opens his letter Ah, praise be made it on made it into uh, the University of Notre Dame. Good school. He's going to get a good education, but he has enough time left to go try out for the football team. That's right. And that's one of the things that fortune continues to impress upon him is that, hey, you have this dream about football and that's really cool. But you just got a ticket into one of the most, you know, creme de la creme, you know, uh, 
educational institutions in the world, um, because that's exactly what Notre Dame was at the time, if not is now. Right. So he's like, look, you know, complain all you want about how hard this is, but this is this is going to change the trajectory of your, of your life no matter what. You're definitely mm-hmm. going to be in a different place. You're not going to go back and work in a steel mill um, anymore. Like you're, you're going to have a real education, which is uh, hugely, you know, important. And so um, it's really cool because when he goes in and he practices and he tries to uh, tries out for the team. Um, it actually, fun fact, it uses the same um, song, the same score for that piece as as a part in Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting because if you can find in the part in Goodwill Hunting where the that where where it matches up, the song, the score matches up. It's really kind of neat. Um, but the kind of montage of him trying out where everyone is like, man, he's all heart. You know, he's Rudy Rudiger was not super tall. He was short. He wasn't very fast. He he wasn't like this token player that everybody, I guess there's, I don't know enough about football, but I guess there's a, there's a, a body content that you're supposed to have in order to be great. And he yeah. did not have any of it, but what he did do is he would get beat up and then he would get right back up. And he never said no. He never stopped. He just continued to have that determination. Yeah, and it it, it really is is highlighted in kind of those practice sessions, but also kind of in like this very like first session, the first time he has like an encounter with the actual football team. He's there like waiting outside of the pr- practice facility. This is even before he gets into Notre Dame. He's he's waiting for the team to come out because he wants to you know, talk to the coach again, right? Rudy is going to force his way in through these doors, but he's going and the team's coming out. And Sean Austin's about five foot seven inches tall, uh, according to the internet research that I just did right the second. Um, and all the football players are coming out, you know, and they're all. Six three, six four, outweigh him by like two hundred pounds. They just look like these giants of people, right? He is looking at looking a little hobbity, uh, kind of there um, as we're on the uh, football field with you know these you know you know some of the best athletes in the whole country that are you know going to Notre Dame to to play football. So I love that. I also love when he gets admitted into Notre Dame. He goes home for Christmas and uh, takes the acceptance letter into his dad and there's like a brief second where you don't know how his dad is going to react because, you know, his dad, his brothers um, have been very naysayery on his dreams, right? Like you're going to follow your dreams. Uh, you're going to get crushed and then you're going to come back here and work here anyway. So why don't you just do that? So there's like the split second where you don't know if his dad is going to be supportive of him or not. Uh, but he is, and it's awesome. You know, he goes over like the loudspeaker there at the, uh, at the mill and, you know, tells everyone that his son's going to Notre Dame, uh, super proud dad moment there, uh, which is pretty awesome. Probably, uh, you know, kind of the, my, my favorite scene, I guess, you know, besides the kind of penultimate scene at, at the end, of course, but, um, yeah, really great stuff. And now that he's made it into Notre Dame, he's made it onto the, the practice squad. Things seem to be going, going well. He has a good relationship with the coach. The coach said, uh, you know, you're you're not really cut out to play football for Notre Dame, but uh, when we get to your senior year, I'll put you into a game. That way you get your name on the record books. Your family can come and see you. Uh, you know, everyone will be happy. You know, we'll che- we'll give a toast with an Irish 75. Uh, things will be good. Uh, but <laughs> right. bad news, that coach leaves. New coach comes in. Uh, and this, this coach seems like a grumpy coach. Not going to let Rudy do that. He says, we only get 65 players on the sideline. Uh, one of them's not going to be Rudy. Look at that guy. <laughs> he can't do it for sure. That's right. I mean, it's it's really tough, too, because even the other players um, at first, they don't take him seriously either. 
Um, and in fact, one of them, I think it might be Vince Vaughn. It, this is one of it Vince, is Vaughn's, Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Is like, what, what are you doing? Like, why are you, why do you keep getting up and um, stop it? You're going to throw, you're going to kill yourself. And he's like, look, it's my job to wear you out. You will not be the best that you can be unless I give it my all and have you kick the crap out of me. That's how it works apparently in football. And so uh, the entire team kind of comes together and says, Hey, we really believe that um, you could give him my spot coach, you know, and there's this really beautiful scene where they come in and each of uh, the players give his Jersey to the new coach. Um, that's not how it really went down, um, but it's really beautiful uh, and very dramatic and, and that's cool. Um, and so, you know, he gets, he gets in, he finally gets his name on the roster for the last game of the season. Um, he tells his parents, he's like, you guys got to show up. Um, his father and his whole family actually had never been to a football game in uh, person because it's expensive. Um, mm -hmm. It's an hour and a half away. Um, so when you, have, any... when you have 14 kids or whatever, everything yeah. is expensive. Well, so. yeah, I mean, so it's a, it was a really big deal in any in any time, right, for them to go to a game and to have their son be in it was really cool um i know that when i love the scene where his dad and his mom are getting off the bus uh trying to find their way to there to to get their tickets and um how proud they look i mean it's just everybody who has parents that you know wants them to be proud it's it's a really heartfelt moment and so they all kind of pack in to this incredibly loud jam-packed stadium and it was one of the biggest stadiums um at the time Maybe mm -hmm. it was the biggest stadium at the time. It might, it might have been even bigger than kind of the professional NFL leagues. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. It definitely uh, would have been a very large uh, facility then. It's uh, still a large facility now and even even bigger than it was then for sure. But yeah, the family gets there uh, to see the game. D-Bob uh, and his love go there to watch the game. Fortune has promised to go to a game Um you know, if Rudy ever got to dress and go out with the field. Um, so everyone is there to kind of see uh, this last game to see uh, Rudy there on the sideline. But the team, you know, they pull Rudy to the front. He's going to lead the team out of the tunnel. Um, it's pretty awesome. Uh, you know, very inspirational moment there as, as he leads the team out onto the field. And you think you get through the game, um, you know, Rudy is going to, you know, he's dressed, he's on the sideline. That's an amazing, amazing achievement. But uh, there's one more kind of trick up the sleeve. The the team scores one kind of last second touchdown to give the defense one more uh, kind of crack at going in to play. So the coach relents, uh, lets Rudy go in. He goes in on the kickoff kickoff team. Um, and I, I love this part so much. Uh, little Sean Aston, Rudy, after the kickoff, he's running back to the sideline. He has like, and the coach is like, just stay out there. He's like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know. I don't know what to do, um, uh, but it's so awesome. And he stays out there, and then um, in the in the film there, he records a sack, which is true. He did record a sack in in the three plays that he played for Notre Dame. Uh, that's that's a factual uh, part of the story there. So so gets the sack. The whole stadium is chanting uh, Rudy. Uh, the team picks him up onto his shoulders and carry him out of there. Um, as a hero, as a hero for uh, an inspiration for, you know, the players there at Notre Dame, all the people that he helped and uh, touched along the way. And, you know, very inspirational for for us, you know, the the viewers at home. And I know uh, Rudy Rudiger did a lot of kind of, um, uh, you know, motivational speaking and stuff around the time that this movie uh, came out, really kind of capitalized on the on the popularity of this. But 
yeah, very, very uplifting and very emotional that that music swells up, Michaela, and you can't help but but be moved by Rudy Rudiger. That's right. No, it's it's a beautiful, um, very heartfelt ending. And it's not again, this really isn't about football. I mean, maybe it was about football for Rudy, <laughs> but anybody watching it, I don't know much about football at all. I'm the biggest two percenter when it comes to this this game. So I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but just the determination uh, itself, being told that you're not smart enough, being told that you don't have the body type, being told that you're not fast enough, being told that you just you're not tall enough. There are things that, you know, are beyond his control, you know, because, again, he had a learning disability that we that was undiagnosed that he didn't know about all of these things. He can't help how tall he is. He can't help the body that he was given and his DNA structure. But what he could control, he absolutely did over and over again. And he didn't give up. And that's why it's so beautiful that even though, you know, yeah, he never was, he wasn't the quarterback, um, but he told, you know, he probably had more of an impact on the people around him than any one football game did. Um, I'm going to say that uh, because I'm not a football fan, but, but maybe I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, tell me all about it. Uh, you guys can hit, hit me up in the discord and tell me how wrong I'm in. Uh, that's but, right. Uh, you, have, you have four downs to go 10 yards and you get uh, six points for a touchdown, Michaela. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Um, and you need to know that, that yeah, Rudy was a, a very inspirational uh, story. There's, there's some really, you know, kind of, bright spots of this movie for me i really like um charles s dutton's portrayal in the film as the the groundskeeper fortune um i really love kind of his interactions and the way that he um is on one hand uh keeping rudy at arm's length but on the other hand taking him under his wing i really like uh that stuff and then um you know you mentioned kind of the cinematography of of this thing and that you know nothing is like super epic looking but this all was filmed on notre dame's campus in south bend indiana which uh by all accounts i've never been there myself uh so it's just been you know pictures and you know watching college football and uh kind of that stuff there but by all accounts it's one of the most beautiful places uh, a person could go so um it looks really great um even though there aren't any big sweeping sweeping shots but you know just little snippets of you know the way that this campus looks um is is really gorgeous and then uh I, sean astin's the best sean astin has been in a lot of things he's been in goonies we talked about he's in uh lord of the rings that one day we'll talk about for sure um and he's in this movie and there's one thing about sean astin is that anytime he's on your screen you root for sean astin because he's the best he is the best um i i think one of the things he's got this really just wonderful likability about him. And I think that's, it. he was the perfect casting for this because he's got the stature where he's not super tall. Yeah. And he's got that, you know, kind of stockier, sturdy build. Um, so, you know, he, he's not going to be, um, I guess the Peyton Manning or the Tom Brady, right. He's not, he doesn't look like that. Um, but he's got this, determination in in and the way he moves the facial muscles i i don't really know how to explain it but like the way he's talking about when he's talking about how he wants to do this how he's talking about the death of his friend where and he's there's a part um where he's at a bar talking to a girl about how he's always wanted to go to Notre Dame and his grades have never been good and they're finally good and the way that he lets out the sigh as he's saying these lines it's so believable and it's just wonderful. And in everything he's does, we're rooting for him, right? I mean, he's just, you know, D Bob knew he, he, he was like, <laughs> you just go talk to women and eventually one of them will like me. It'll be fine. 
that's right yeah he has this uh, kind of gracious sincerity about him that's that's just very magnifying he, he does it very well but um Michaela so this came out in 1993 um we would have been like going into like uh junior high middle school uh right around then but do you remember seeing this movie like back when it came out I feel like this movie was a fairly big deal but that might just be because you know kind of that time in our lives that was when you started getting like dropped off to go see movies by yourself with your friends and stuff like that so i don't know if it was if it resided more in that way or if it really was a big deal um because i mean it didn't do like gangbusters at the box office by any means but it still felt like a, a movie and a story that everyone knew uh maybe it's because like i said i grew up in ohio so you know this this story is very very personal to a lot of people that that live in that kind of midwestern region of the of the country but what about you 1993 did you see rudy i did not see it in the theater i remember seeing it probably my freshman year in college maybe freshman sophomore year in college so that would have been the early 2000s so i mean i was late to the game um i had a really good friend you know, who you're like why is this hobbit the- playing football i don't understand <laughs> right i don't understand what's happening um but <laughs> but i had a really good friend who went to notre dame and so they were like you you don't know this story and i was you know again biggest two percenter in football ever i was like there's a ball and it's not a soccer ball what's going on um so i was very late to this party, but I really loved the story, especially um, at the time in my own personal life, I was really struggling um, trying to get through a very tough math program. And I'm like, well, if Rudy can get into, you know, Notre Dame and play football, I, I can figure out this topography, uh, geometrical <laughs> topography. Certainly I can, I can do in once I can work hard for one semester. He worked hard for like 65 years to get to where he was. So, you know, I found that to be very inspiring. And again, it's fall. Any, and this movie just res, I don't know why. Um, but it's such a fall film for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely has that, that fall feeling. And, you know, most of it must have been uh, shot and filmed in fall, obviously, because, uh, you know, it's all revolving around kind of this football program, uh, you know, so the so the fall in South Bend, Indiana must be a nice place to go and watch the leaves change, I suppose. But uh, yeah, um, as a big fan of sports movies, I, I'm also not like a huge sports fan. I will certainly watch sports and and understand uh, <laughs> most of the intricacies of them uh, better than Michaela. But there's something about sports movies that that I've just always, you know, really been drawn to just kind of the the just the elevation and uh the the camaraderie and just all of that stuff um you know just is you know really kind of captivates me so uh rudy's always been one of the best ones and i hadn't watched it in a long time until i just watched it you know over the weekend to get ready for this so uh definitely a good one so definitely let us know um if you watch rudy let us know uh, what your thoughts are on it or let us know what your favorite sports movie is and let us know if you make an irish 75 to go along with it because we definitely want to see it. it is definitely a good fall treat um so mix one of those up and send us pictures and let us know all that stuff you can do it on our instagram and twitter it's at drink the movies and on facebook.com slash drink the movies um if you want to get recipes pictures of ours you can do that on our website which is www.drinkthemovies.com and if you want to check out our uh, discord server the link is in our uh, link tree thing on all of our social medias or just send us a message we'll get you an invite over there but we're talking cocktails movies uh tv shows all kind of things that are awesome so definitely want to come check that out and uh share all that stuff with us there but um michaela you know what else would help it would help us have a perfect season, uh, just like the the Notre Dame Fighting Irish did. I actually don't know if they had a perfect season that year or not, but I know that uh, Rudy was perfect on his plays. Uh, 
but what help would be a perfect uh, five-star review. Michaela, where can they do that? You can do that on Apple Podcasts. You can do that on Spotify, Stitcher, Good Pods. All of the places that support Anchor Podcasts, you can go on to your favorite one. You can leave us a five-star review or a 10 out of 10 or whatever, 50 ducks out of 50 ducks, whatever it is. Um, it really helps us get the Drink the Movies out there. Once again, we our numbers <laughs> keep climbing. We've had the best week again uh, that we've ever had. So it's it's I don't know what we're doing, but I guess people are liking it. So that's awesome. If you're liking it, tell your friends, leave us a five-star review. Join our Patreon, get on the Discord with us, do all the things because we're super excited and we're loving the community that uh, that y'all are building and you guys are doing it, not us. We're just two kids talking about movies and drinking. <laughs> and drinking. And next week we are going to be uh, mixing up something for the kids and something for the adults as we uh, uh, whip up a butterbeer and dive headfirst into the wizarding world of Harry Potter. We're going to be making our first trip to uh, Hogwarts and talking Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone uh, slash Philosopher's Stone. Uh, you know, call it call it whatever you will, but we're going to be calling it something next time on Drink, Drink the, movies. the Movies. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Never stop believing. <laughs>